0: Thanks again for tuning in to our Enlightened Conversations, where this season, we are deep diving into some tough topics with our guests. I will also be sharing some enlightened conversations with my favorite intergalactic being, Ralph, from my book, Conversations with Ralph, as well as some new, never-been-heard-of conversations with them. You hear it all here, real, raw and rare, and all shared in an enlightened way. Hi, everyone. It's Michelle Lightworker here, and welcome to Enlightened Conversations. And it's part three of our Conversations with Ralph reflections from my book, Conversations with Ralph. This week, we are up to chapter four, and the chapter four is called The Sauna Chat. So let's begin. 19th of April, 2018, conversation number three. My husband, Tony, and I decided to have a sauna and see whether I could call Ralph to me with him there. The following is the transcribe of the recording. I say, let's see if we we can contact Ralph. He's saying he's here and we can both talk to him. Tony says, hmm, I forget what I was going to say now. And I said, welcome to my world. (laughs) Tony said, yes, welcome to our universe. And then I said, no, I was talking to you. (laughs) And he said, oh, and I laughed. I forget too. I forget too. You were going to ask him about demons, weren't you? Today, when we were watching the film, Tony said, oh, yeah, that's right. So are demons that we interpret in this universe basically just not nice beings from other universes? And I replied, no, no, what I'm hearing him say is that each universe has their own energetic lower vibrations and higher vibrations. So it's not necessary for any beings of a lower vibrational nature to travel through the portals to serve a purpose for catalyst for change within our universe. And then uh, Tony says, "Uh uh-huh. And I said, so we have them unto our own universe. Uh, Tony goes on to change the subject here, but I just wanted to do something a little bit different today because in a conversation that I had with Ralph after the writing of this book, I also had like a drop-in about walk-ins. So walk-ins, just so that for those of you who don't know what a walk-in is, walk in it could be, uh, you know, when somebody behaves completely differently to how they usually behave, they change their personality and we wonder what happened and it it's like they've been possessed basically. Um, so you know, I got some information on the 7th of August 2018 um, later that year um, that, I'd like to share with you, and it's uh, via a conversation with Ralph, and uh, he was le- letting me know um, a bit more about that particular aspect of um, that I would like to share because it's kind of along similar lines. Uh, so what I got was he says, so walk-ins are in possession when the human comes from another universe. They are about avoidance and not at all wanting to expand or evolve or face the soul's journey. They are attracted to a match with their unconscious. They are not sociopathic or psychopathic. They are a depressed soul who may gravitate to a depressed soul who's medicating or avoiding their depression through drugs or money. They may gravitate directly to an addict. When the walk-in connects with the human body, their imprints cross over, cross, cross dissolve. Both the unconscious host and the possessor find themselves sliding in and out of each other's consciousness. This can be very disturbing to both of the human beings. There can be quite a schizophrenic mindset and there is memories pertaining to the imprints that are in the etheric body of each soul, each of the soul. The possessor can access memories from the host. The host can start to be delusional with regards to the possessor's memories. These can appear very real, like PTSD episodes. They are from past lives, spanning many lives. The possessor can also access the past lives of the host, but usually has more control over what they see it can still be confusing to them though they can get confused they may indeed forget that they are the possessor and completely take on the identity and memories of the host it can be confusing for a person dealing with the possessor as they may indeed speak as the host accessing memories from them in this way they are in deep avoidance of their own reality and grave mental illness is- ensues. If a person has contracted with a part of themselves to be reclaimed at certain time to serve as an awakening, then this is to propel the person forward in their consciousness. This is not avoidance. That reclamation of the soul is always a part of the human in the first place. It is not a possession and it is not an avoidance. It serves their ascension rather than keeps them in a holding pattern of avoidance. The holding pattern can create more depression and this can lead to suicidal thoughts, self-harm, and actual suicide. There's a lot in this. Um, I've just finished reading that. Um, There is a lot in this that um, we can have a bit of a chat about. So what I'm getting is um, the actual um, topic that um, that particular part of the conversation that I've read to you just then was about, it's called Permission Always. Um, but some people are so lost that they, um, they in their addiction um, or in their attachment to avoidance in, in some way, shape or form, um, so much so that their will, their human will is disabled so that, a being who resonates at the same frequency, who doesn't want to um resolve because they don't want to not be in a body, and that's what's required for them to resolve, come back, come into a separate universe, walk into a body that they resonate with at a frequency of avoidance that they used to that will assist them in not resolving and that they Stay because the, the host, the person who has quite a strong addiction to whatever it is, is a complete match, like a, a match frequency. And they actually don't even realize that this being is a separate being from them. So, this crossover is quite power, powerfully deceptive to the host in that they may well start to get flashbacks that aren't even theirs. They may get flashbacks from even lifetimes past that aren't their own lifetimes, things that have happened to them. And they are so, I wouldn't say integrated with the possessor, but I will say over, overwhelmed by the possessor and the, the, the urgency that this possessor has to claim a body that they can use to avoid their own issues. That that um, permission is the absence of um, an awareness of the, their own self. That they they're not aware. They're so powerless and so in their addiction that they've lost their sense of I amness, their own sense of self. And so that gets so diluted um, that to the point where they themselves as a the host may be completely overwhelmed by impressions of the imprints and memories of the possessor and that the possessor may well forget that they've possessed and they've they, they don't realize that they've they've travelled from somewhere else to be in this body they 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 forget that so it's an interesting state of enmeshment. It's an interesting state of um, uh, when we talk about um, possession. Often we 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 think it's demonic, and this is a different this is a different take. The, certainly, there's demonic possession, but what what I understand from reading the fourth chapter, the beginning of that fourth chapter in the in the sauna chat. What what Ralph was saying is that we do have higher and lower vibrations that stay within our universe that just are, if you like, contracted to work within our own universe, our own sphere. So this is about um, a being who may well have contracted with us from another universe. I understand that that may well be for our own. We've we've contracted for that to happen so that we can have the experience of potentially healing that. Maybe there is a soul contract there with between two universes. It's definitely, there was definitely one between Ralph and myself for him to come in and to have, for us to have this connection of awareness. I would have to say that if that was a sole contract between two beings from different universes, two human beings from different universes, there would have to be an aspect of, um, and I don't want to keep a closed mind about this, but this is what I'm strongly perceiving. There would have to be an aspect of the host um working with within the realm of potentially what i'm doing where they've eventually they've had to this catapults them into understanding these concepts that we talk about today that that they're aware of other universes and that they're aware of the evolution of consciousness or they're working in that arena because um The vibrational frequency match, which is the pre- precipice for most of these walk-ins, um, is, and the avoidance of them resolving outside of a human body because they just don't want to do that. They want to. They want to come into a human body. The. The. The only other reason I can see, and I might be wrong, and might have to ask more questions about this, is that they they need to work in this arena and they need to help other people heal from possession and to understand it and to prevent it. And the best prevention is definitely to work on our own attachments to addictions and our own connection to our I amness ness and our sense of self. That, that is the, the best prevention for, for um, possession, um, to prevent p- possession. Um, when we look at our possession of um, children and other, other people, um, there, I'm. I'm going to say that um, there are other opportunities for spirits on the on the physical non physical plane to make appearances. Um, but I'm also going to back that up with what this is saying, which is really true possession, where it's really confused and enmeshed over a long period of time, not sporadic. Um, where say, a person's crossed over in their and they entered your body and and they're able to connect for a short time, but they, they can't just stay in the physical body. What I'm understanding and what I'm getting with even more clarity as I'm talking through this, is that a human being can only take hold of a human being because that is the frequency that they, can remain in as a as being hosted. Somebody who's crossed over can temporarily slide in and out for sure, but I can't see that that's something they can maintain for a long period of time, brief, short periods of time potentially, yes. Demonic possession, yes. Um, they can take hold. Um, same thing with uh, the host having... Not so much an addiction, but having a vulnerability around not knowing who their I I amness is yet. So potentially children, yes. Um, definitely um, people who have um, dementia and things like that who aren't aware of their I amness, um, yes. Uh, people who have mental illness, yes, because there's obviously there's health issues there with regards to acknowledging what their reality is. Um, People who have addictions, definitely, yes. Um, And also people who are feeling suicidal, who are feeling lost, uh, depressed, um, very dense and dark vibrational frequencies, grief um, for sure, like when they're in that hopelessness space. Um, I'm also going to speak to anxiety. Um, So when people feel anxious, what happens is they actually leave their body. So they're not grounded. So what happens is, well, for the, for the I am to be grounded, for the sense of self to be grounded in their body, they really do um, need to um, feel like they have a sense of who they are um, on a deep level. Um, when they have certain aspects of trauma, throwing them, as it were, like out of their body um, into a bit of a whirlwind, Getting taken away by events and things that happen, we're spiraling, we're spiraling, we're spiraling up and out of our body. So then, what can happen when we're spiraling out, our astral body is spiraling out, is that our I amness really gets uh, dispersed and takes off with it, really. So what happens is is that if we're anxious over lots of periods of time, or we don't resolve trauma, which is part of a natural part of spiraling out, fight or flight, um, which can you know, associate itself with disconnection from our body and disassociation from our body, we then have an empty vessel. When that happens, things can pop in for brief um, longer periods of time. Um, that can also mean that um, we have an empty vessel that is a little bit more... Um, available versus if 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 we had um, acknowledgement of our anxiety or acknowledgement of our trauma and acknowledgement of our emptiness even those are extremely powerful protectors of something just coming in and because we're already we're already claiming that that's something that we can own is happening to us we are anxious, we are feeling empty, we are feeling depressed or whatever traumatized. So just the simple acknowledgement is extremely powerful. So we don't have to be, oh, I'm all solved and I'm, you know, all resolved and all that. No, just owning that can be very powerful and definitely treating it and um, resourcing ourselves and learning about it and wanting to help ourselves as a will is engaged is enough of a protection um for to prevent uh, any um, lower vibrational frequency frequencies from entering um, our our energetic sphere. I also want to speak to the fact that we have a a body that has passed imprints from generational uh taking on our own uh, multi-generational, which has been scientifically proved now that Unresolved trauma is multi generational. It gets passed down generationally in, geno- in our genealogy, in our DNA. So, as we, um, if we haven't resolved and if we have um, had these imprints passed down to us in our DNA, what can happen is we can attract the frequencies of that unresolved trauma, which, if they are low vibrational frequencies, can bring more of that to us in our life through other interactions with people through other similar traumas that reinforce that like a magnet, like it's unresolved so I attract it again Um, to resolve it. It's like the universe is giving us an opportunity. Can you resolve it this time or would you be willing to resolve it this time? Even though it's not yours and you've inherited this, are you willing, how are you going to deal with resolving this issue? And then if we do start to resolve things and change and shift and and we start to reclaim parts of our body. They become our DNA changes, and that's been proven too. That as we heal trauma, our DNA does change. And scientifically, these, these kind of things have been proven. So if we don't, and if we have not only post gener um, generational trauma, um, we have um, also uh, more in this pre in this uh, life that we're living now. Um, what happens then is we can get really full, like really super full with these dense vibrations. So I spoke to you just before about this sort of empty vessel, but what we can also have is a really toxic, filled up vessel of lots of trauma and imprints and abuse. and And there's only so much our body can take before A, we have a nervous breakdown or B, our body starts to really, you know, Um, itself feel very heavy um, and and, and physical illnesses can ensue as well at at those times. Um, But that also is like a magnet for lower vibrational frequencies to step in because they're so comfortable in that. So when you think about the opposite, when you think about lightening up our load, healing our traumas, becoming more holistic, just even the vibrational frequency of being willing to do that emits a certain frequency, emits a certain light that dispels and um, like rejects, repuls, repels the darker frequencies um, from entering. So that's really another prevention. So just being aware if we are full, um, being aware that, you know, what is our history do you know, genealogically? What have we inherited? And for those of you who are adopted or for those of you who are craving to know, even though it's not who you are as a person, um, the the, the family that might have birthed you doesn't create who you are. On some level, if you have a curiosity about who they were and what they went through and those kind of things, it's really validated because it does give you a sense of the stuff that you potentially feel that you need to heal. So um, any adopted parents out there who are listening to this, who think, oh, I don't really want to tell my kid they're adopted or what have you, um, on, on some level they're already having to deal with whatever they've inherited and it can be a help for them to understand the origins of that as well. So I know we kind of went off more um. Into the reflection side this time from two conversations that I had around two different issues, which were extremely um, involved and deep. But I just wanted to really speak to this topic today because it is such a huge topic. And for those of you who are listening who assign that we are all one, you know, I believe in the unity principle, obviously. Um, I just want to say that. Um, There is a freedom in reclaiming what we feel is our um, innate nature of being a being of light, and also in bringing light to all the aspects of us that are misunderstood. So, our grief, our trauma, our uh, addictions, our um, suicidal thoughts, our depression. Um, our murderous thoughts, all those kind of things, like if we don't bring light to understand them ourselves, then they're misunderstood and they're in the shadows. So what we need to do is take responsibility for them um, and accept that they exist and proactively work at understanding them, loving them, and not letting them have the upper hand because they're misunderstood. And that's what happens. When parts of ourselves, the darkest acts, uh, the, the darkest aspects of ourselves, are misunderstood, that is when we they act out. That is when they take hold. Um, that is when we attract the lower vibrational frequencies to us that magnify those aspects of us that even assist those aspects to become even darker and darker and darker and accelerate. Um, and that's when you get, you know, your serial killers and that's where you get, you know, people getting off on other people's pain because they haven't resolved it, they can't understand it. And they they've created an environment for themselves that isn't peaceful. and the only way they can achieve some sense of power, some sense of control is by, over overpowering um, the innocence that they, haven't been able to reclaim back for themselves. So I'll leave it there today because it's a really big one. And we'll move on to, to discussing more about what we discussed in the sword and chat chapter in our next episode because this one's a pretty big one to take in. And I just wanted to end by saying that we're all on the journey of from being feeling lost to feeling safe and found. And aware of who we really are all of us every single one of us and in unity we all share that so nothing that you could say or anybody could say the darkest ever darkest thing could be dark enough to snuff out the light so in the light that you are so thanks for joining me and i look forward to our next installment of our reflections with conversations with ralph